For too many of us, everyday life feels like a frantic rush to keep up. Events, appointments, meetings, expectations. We start early, we work late. It's frighteningly common to even feel exhausted at the end of our action-packed holidays. But what would happen if we just stopped, breathed, remembered to rest? This is Signs of the Times Radio with Kent Kingston. Hey, it's great to have you on Signs Radio today. I have on the phone from Foggy London Town, one of our, I guess we could call her a regular writer, Senorita, she's told me, as she's reminded me, Senorita <laughs> Vanessa Pizzuto. How are you, Vanessa? I am very good. How are you, Ken? I'm very well. Also very well. Now, uh, Vanessa, you're a, you're a freelance journalist. You're a broadcaster living there in London, and you've contributed a great article to the current edition of Signs of the Times called Remember to Rest, looking at work and rest and the rhythm of our lives. Really appreciate what, what you did there. Thanks so much for that. Oh, well, thank you for giving me the opportunity. <laughs> so I, I guess, first of all, though, you know, speaking of rest, did, did you have the opportunity to visit your family o- over the Christmas break? I, I seem to recall you, you went to Argentina, is that right? I did. I went home, I saw the family, my sisters, my in-laws, my nephews. It was a big, long table with the whole family sitting together. It was wonderful. It really was. Oh, that's that's excellent! Wow, I, I guess you know sometimes in the sort of Australia and New Zealand sort of region, we imagine that when it comes to having you know Christmas in summer, that we're sort of the only part of the world that really does it. But of course, <laughs> but of course, no, <laughs> yeah. we do it too. <laughs> yeah. So so what what does um Christmas look like in in Argentina and Chile and and that you know that part of of South America? Well. As an Argentinian, I am a little bit of everything. So I have Italian blood, therefore my last name, Pizzuto, and I have Spanish blood. So we have, on our table, we have panettone, which we get from Italy, of course, from Mm -hmm. our Italian inheritance. And we also have, uh, we celebrate the Wise Men Day a few days later in January, because of course we also have a Spanish influence so it's a bit of a it's a bit of a blend but I I think it's wonderful so so some sort of Catholic traditions lots of lots of food good food on the table I mean yeah loads and loads of food yeah yeah yeah. in 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 Australia and New Zealand it's often barbecue you know beach cricket we have barbecue too I mean I am a vegetarian which is rather odd for an Argentinian because we have good meat there but yes you can expect to get some good barbecue if you go to Argentina for Christmas or any time of the year. <laughs> yeah. Now, something that you mentioned in your article that I found a little bit surprising, or but, but maybe not, is you, you say you remember from your childhood growing up in Argentina, the tradition of the siesta was well and truly entrenched. I found this a bit strange because I guess I imagined that the siesta was something particular to sort of warmer countries where it gets very hot during the day, and I, I hadn't thought of Argentina as being a particularly hot country, but well, I, I guess the custom continues. Huh? Well, I mean, it is hot in summer. You can get 38 degrees and even more in some other parts of the country. Mm. But we used to be a Spanish colony. We speak Spanish, 
and we inherited that. And I remember as a child, you know, from 2 p.m. to 5 p.m., everything will close down. You couldn't play loud games in the streets because your mother will say, no, you're going to wake up the neighbors. <laughs> and everybody, you know, just, just stopped and took a nap. And now as an adult, I think, oh, how wonderful. But as a child, I used to hate it. I used to think, what a waste of time. Boring. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So, I mean, in a lot of countries around the world that have this sort of siesta tradition, it's kind of dying out now, you know, with our kind of nine to five yeah. <laughs> you know, kind of work ethic and things like that. Do people still uh, siesta in Argentina? I think more in the countryside they do. Huh. In the bit in the big cities, not so much any, anymore, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah, okay. I mean, do, do you see it as a healthy thing, a, a good thing, the, the the siesta? I mean, would you like to see it, you know, brought back I to Argentina? I would love to be able to siesta. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I would love to. I think our routines don't really allow for that, mm. you know, but to have a time in which... It is allowed, socially allowed to stop and rest. I think that's healthy. Yeah, yeah. Look, I, I mean, it sounds great in some ways. You know, I certainly get to that kind of post-lunch period and would love <laughs> love a nap every day. But but I understand that the the other side of it is that people then often stay up very late and eat yes. very late. I, I think I'd yes. probably end up with reflux if I ate that late. <laughs> that late. Well, I have to own that. It is true. You may you may have dinner at nine or even ten p.m. sometimes if you do. Have a siesta. It is. It's part of the tradition. Yes, mm. I'll, I'll own that. Yeah, fair enough. Oh, look, I, I'd I'd be happy to try it. I, I think it sounds like fun. But look, in your article, which you have entitled "Remember to Rest," Vanessa, you you start with siesta as a you know because, like you say, when you're a kid, the adults loved it. You hated it, and you you suggest that we have a bit of a a love hate relationship with with rest. What, what, what's that about? Can you unpack that for us? Well, I think on one hand, you hear grown-ups saying all the time, oh my goodness, I am so tired, or I need to rest. And at the same time, you know, looking at my life at least, I can see that I keep adding activities mm. and things. I keep choosing to be busy. So I do, in a way, guess that I think I have better things to do rather than sleep, take a nap or rest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You you actually suggest that there are three misconceptions when it comes to rest. You say, you know, number one, time is money. Number two, busy equals important. And number three, speed protects us from pain. These yeah. are interesting ideas that, that have developed. I mean, the first one, you know, time is money. I mean, this is something that we often say. I, I mean, there must be a grain of truth there somewhere. Well, here is the thing. Obviously, when you get a job, in a way, you are selling your time in order to get money and feed your family. And I'm not against that, okay? Mm, mm. Of course, you need to feed your family. That's fine. But when we look at time as if it were money, mm. what happens is we look at it as one of those restaurants you walk in and you pay a fee and you can eat as much as you want. I don't know if you have them in Australia, but say you go to this restaurant and you pay, I don't know, $30 and then you eat, 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 eat. Get as much food as you can <laughs> All you out can of eat. those $30, yeah, yeah. Dollars, right? Yeah. And I'm thinking, what if it's not like that? What if actually you cannot save any time? Whatever you do today, whether you have 3,000 activities or just one, you will use the 24 hours that you have today, mm. today. Yeah. 
you cannot save a single second for tomorrow. So I've been wondering, what if actually what we need is just a little slice of happiness, joy, work, and not, you know, a, a, a plate overflowing with food and activities that actually are making us ill. Mm-hmm. Okay, so so you're suggesting that in the way we use our time, perhaps we should focus on uh, quality r- rather than quantity. Does, does, is that what you're saying? Yeah, and I think that sometimes we think that more things means that we are more important. Mm. So we are kind of proud of being busy. Oh, no, I cannot do this because I'm so busy. But if we, if we scratch the surface of that, maybe actually more doesn't mean mean more meaningful mm. and we're buying into a lie yeah more so more activity doesn't mean more meaning in your life i mean yeah i i guess sometimes more activity can actually stop you from you know from having more meaning in your life i mean the, the other thing you say is you know speed protects us from pain you know we, we seem to believe that if we if we keep moving if we keep uh, you know up our endless round of activity that somehow that is going to uh, help us avoid thinking about the things you know we don't want to think about <laughs> yeah absolutely because we i think we are afraid of rest and we are afraid of silence for the same reasons they bring about the deep questions the difficult questions mm. the why am i here you know what is my purpose in life so i have two choices i either face those questions or I speed up, and I am so busy that I don't hear that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Look, I, I find it interesting how you sort of unpack these, you know, three misconceptions uh, about rest and busyness, uh, and it almost so- sounds like you're you're plugging into this kind of Buddhist idea of of mindfulness as as a bit of solution, uh, as a bit of a solution, you know, to, I guess. What, you know, remain in the moment to be conscious exactly of what you're doing right here, right now. Is, is that part of the solution? Well, I was thinking more in terms of Sabbath in, as an antidote, mm. stopping resting, which is, funnily enough, is a commandment. And mm. we don't like the idea of a rule, of an obligation, of someone telling you what you can do and what you cannot do. Mm. You know, when I was in secondary school many years ago, I used to work as a nanny. And I was taking care of this baby. His name was Sebastian. Mm. And he would hate napping. And he was exhausted. And I would say, come on, Sebastian, you need to sleep. No, no, you need to sleep. And he thought I was trying to take away his joy. Mm-hmm. When in reality, all I was trying to do is allow him to enjoy more what he had. So I'm thinking that when God says, you know what? you need to rest. And yes, in a way, you need to be present in this moment today. Mm. He is saying Mm. for your benefit, Kent, and for mine. He's trying to add to our joy. Okay, so so just just take us back. Um, I mean, you've you've introduced the idea of Sabbath, but give us a, a little bit of historical background. Where where does this come from? Like what's what's the history behind it, and what is the the practice that that we're encouraged to take on when when it comes to Sabbath? Well, there are many ways to keep the Sabbath. You find this is one of the commandments. It's the fourth commandment. And it says, you know, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. And it says you should work six days and the seventh day you need to rest. And sometimes it does sound for us, you know, 
postmodern people in a postmodern world, the idea that a God gives these instructions, it can sound a bit weird. Mm. But actually, when I stop and think about it, it's like if God was saying to you and to me, you know, Kent, I have given you such a precious gift. And if you are spinning up and numbing your heart, and if you are thinking that the value comes from what you do instead of who you are, you're going to miss out on this present that I have for you. And I think this is why God says, okay, I'm going to give you a commandment. You really need to remember to rest. Mm-hmm. It's, it is fascinating that it's a commandment, isn't it? Because, you know, when we think about, you know, the Ten Commandments, you know, we think of things like, you know, thou shalt not commit adultery and, you know, mm. thou shalt not murder. And I mean, these are pretty sort of big moral issues. And these are, you know, fairly obvious. You know, we know we shouldn't steal. We, we know that, you know, we should respect our parents. We, you know, all these sorts of things. But for the idea of Sabbath rest to be included in those, among those Ten Commandments, you know, all those sort of big, heavy sh- thou shalt nots. I don't know, it does kind of suggest that that the idea of Sabbath is really important, doesn't it? You know, it's, it's right up there with those other kind of non-negotiables. Absolutely. And you know, there's something I didn't manage to include in the article because I actually read it afterwards. Yeah. But I want to tell you, I came across a concept, it's called hedonic adaptation. Uh-huh. So hedonic adaptation is your brain and my brain's ability to get used to things, good things and bad things. Mm-hmm. Say, for example, that you buy a brand new car and for the first week you are so happy about it and you tell everyone and then two months go by, three months go by. And by the time you reach half a year, you don't feel the same sense of joy and satisfaction because your brain and yourself, you just got used to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've, so I was reading an, I was reading an article about this, and the lady who is not a Christian was saying that sometimes we need to press the reset button. Sometimes if we stop doing something, then we learn to appreciate it more. And then she went back to say how the Christians have been doing this all along with keeping the Sabbath. And I thought, this is fascinating. Science and research is now finding the importance of stopping to appreciate what you have around you. I just thought we should take a short break to let you know that Signs of the Times is having a very special subscription offer right now. The magazine is only $26 for a whole year to receive it to your mailbox, 11 months a year, every month except January. But for a limited time only, and while stocks last, as they say, we will also send you, with your new or additional subscription, a free book authored by Nathan Brown. The book is entitled Of Falafels and Following Jesus. And in that book, Nathan, along with some other authors, recounts his recent visit to the Middle East. And yes, there were falafels too. If you'd like to take advantage of this offer, all you need to do is go to our website, signsofthetimes.org.au and hit that subscribe button. And while you are in the process of subscribing, use the coupon code box and write in that box, falafel. F-A-L-A-F-E-L. The website again, signsofthetimes.org.au. So if, if we consider you know, a weekly Sabbath, a, a weekly day of rest, a sort of a reset button, 
how does that work? Like, what do you do? What do you don't do? And, and how does how does this reset, you know, our minds? Well, it really depends from, from person to person. The Bible does say that you don't need to work, and that's absolutely clear. Mm-hmm. But some people also choose to not use technology or not use it as heavily mm-hmm. as a way to reconnect with family. And I think that's a great idea. Another thing I love to do, because I'm a Latina, is spend time with family and friends and it's quality time that I'm not hiring because I don't have to go somewhere else to meet a deadline or to do something else. But in addition to keep the Sabbath once a week, something that I'm also doing is trying to bring the Sabbath to every single day, having little corners of time in which I, uh, I remember who I am and who God made me to be with little things. For example, something I am trying to do every morning is I use my mobile phone to set the alarm to wake up in the morning, Mm. but I make sure to leave it on silence for at least the first hour of the day. Mm. So I'm not constantly available for absolutely everybody's social media bombardment. You know, I have time to read myself, to read, to connect. And another thing I do, which works for me, and again, I guess you need to find what works for you. Mm. But I try in the mornings. I don't do this every morning, but as much as I can, to just see the sunrise. I have a tiny window in my kitchen. And if I am there at the right time, I can see it. And I take it as a reminder that, you know, that time keeps going and I am here and I need to appreciate what I have and not rush like crazy every Mm. day. Mm, yeah, I guess you just see the speed that the sun rises or like this morning I was, you know, watching those clouds, you know, just sort of slowly drift across the sky. And, and when you concentrate on that, it does sort of slow your thoughts and slows your spirit and it can give you a sort of a sense of peace that kind of, you know, just to uh, get in touch with those, those natural rhythms and the, the natural speed of, of life and, and growth. Absolutely. And, and when you read the whole story of creation and the idea of rest is anchored in creation, you see the rhythm. You see the rhythm. God is there's a night and, and, and morning the first day and then the second day and then animals are created and one thing after the other and then we come. And in a way, we live with an artificial separation with nature and we live with artificial rhythms that prevent us from seeing the fact that we are connected and that we are part of this creation, mm. part of what God made. Yeah, yeah. And it's interesting when you, you mentioned the, the commandments and the, the commandment starts with the word remember, which, which does suggest, as you're saying, that this is not a new idea. Mm. And, and I think the commandment goes on to talk about exactly what you're saying about creation, you know, because it says, because in, in six days God made the earth, but on the seventh day he rested. So this idea of Sabbath, this idea of taking out, you know, one day out of seven is an idea that is, you know, as, as old as humanity, as, as old as time. It's certainly very, very, very ancient. Absolutely. And to me, what I am beginning to understand, Kent, is that it is about identity. Mm. If I don't stop, I end up believing that I need to somehow earn my value with productivity, with busyness. But if I stop, if I face that initial fear of the silence, of the quiet, of the rest, then I am reminded that I am a human being, not a human doing. Mm. 
And my value comes from God and not from the things I accomplish, the things that I do. Mm-hmm. Wow, wow. Now that's that, that's really powerful. A human being, not a human doing. Often often we do feel like a human doing, I think, you know, rushing around, doing this, doing that, doing something else. And uh, you just don't have time to stop and think. And that and it's not healthy. It, it really isn't healthy. Now, I've, I've got a question for you, Vanessa, because, uh, I mean, you quote, you know, AJ uh, Swoboda in your article. I've read a number of different articles or books from different authors in exploring this idea of Sabbath. And a number of them say, hey, listen, you know, look at your life, find find a time that is convenient for you to have a Sabbath, to set aside those those 24 hours, or perhaps, you know, like you're saying, you find that little bit of time in the morning where, to, you know, to rest, to establish a, a, a rhythm. How do you feel about this idea of sort of, you know, choose your own Sabbath, you know, pick your own Sabbath, find a... Pick a, your own a, adventure. <laughs> yeah, yeah choose, choose your own adventure, you know, but pick a time for Sabbath that, that is convenient for you. Because I guess in, in the Bible, it, it says, you know, the seventh day, it, it's, quite a, it's sort of fairly specific. So uh, where do you fall on that continuum of, you know, choose your own Sabbath versus, no, the seventh day is, is the Sabbath? Well, I believe that if God says something and it's really clear, you have to go for it and you have to do it because God says so. But I'm going to give you an explanation, which is additional to me. If God says something, you just need to do it. Mm. But think about your birthday, right? I was born on the 23rd of May. Mm. And that's a special day for me. I mean, Kent, you could come here in July and say, hey, Vanessa, let's celebrate your birthday. But my birthday is on the 23rd of May. Mm-hmm. That's when I was born. <laughs> yeah. And I think, you know, the seventh day is the Sabbath. And yes, I guess you could choose another day. But God said, keep this day holy. This day is special to me. It is the birthday of creation. And I want you to remember it. And to me, that's what we need to do. Yeah, yeah. And I guess, you know, for me, I'm like, you know, whichever day is close to my birthday, I'm conven- I'm happy to wait to the weekend and, you know, and have a birthday party for myself then. But I tell you what, when it comes to um, your wedding anniversary, I can tell you mm. that, that my wife would not be happy with me just <laughs> conveniently <laughs> moving it around. Of course not. <laughs> <laughs> no. So, so I, I guess there's a point where, um, you know, making sure that you get the right day is actually an important part of, of a relationship, isn't it? Absolutely. And I, and I think it's also a matter of obedience and trust mm. and thinking, okay, if God said this, I might not understand why it's so important that it has to be this day and not another, mm. but I do trust God. And so I'm going to do what he said. Yeah, yeah. And um, and you you talk about, you know, the rhythm of rest, the rhythm of Sabbath. And I mean, as as a musician, I know that, um, you know, when you're you're playing with a band, you can't just choose your own tempo, you know, like the... No, it'll be disaster. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the band is, you know, is counting one, two, three, four, and you need to fall in step with that. And when you do, you know, that is when the, well, that's where the beautiful music comes from. And I I guess you know god has set this rhythm he said you know this is the the seventh day this is the day to rest and when we fall into into step with that rhythm i think there's a you know there's a, a sort of a, a beautiful harmony that that comes out of that oh i love what you just said i am picturing the idea of heaven and earth coming together in that harmony on the sabbath that's a beautiful picture no that's fantastic 
so far as you're concerned, Vanessa, and perhaps you know, so far as some of your friends are concerned, you know, whether it's they're in London or Argentina or, or, or whatever, uh, obviously it takes discipline, you know, to to stick to this sort of seventh day rest regime. But it is rest, so, you know, rest and regime, it's an interesting paradox, isn't it? But do, do you see benefits from from observing Sabbath in your own life or, or do other people you know, give you feedback about the benefits they see in their lives? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yes, it is a regime in a way, but you do the same for many other things. Hmm. Like you go to work at the right time and if you are trying to keep healthy, you will eat certain things and you exercise and you don't see it necessarily as a contradiction because you know this is good for you. Hmm. So you can do the same for the Sabbath because you know this is what God wants for you and it's good for you. And frankly, I think we operate better when we have certain routines. And the benefit that I find is, to be honest with you, I don't know how I could face the week without unplugging and having the Sabbath mm. and having community and having my friends and hugging and talking and laughing and singing. It really feels like, I don't know, you feel like, okay, I'm a human being. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm not a robot working nonstop. I'm a human being. Mm -hmm. it, it sounds like, you know, people talk about, you know, recharging their batteries or, you know, that sort of, is it that sort of experience? You feel like refreshed, renewed at, at the end of a Sabbath? Yes. Uh, there are some Sabbaths in which I have many things to do at church. So for me, it's also finding the balance because, of course, you want to be a part of your community, but mm. you don't want to do so much that you don't actually rest. But yes, to me, one of the most important things is people. Mm, mm. I am a people person and just to be able to spend time with the people you love and connect and have deep conversations without hurrying, without just saying, hey, how are you doing? Right, are you okay? Okay, I have to go. Being able to sit down and share a meal. Honestly, the Sabbaths in which we share a meal together at church, they're my favorite. Mm. And I think there's a reason why when Jesus was walking on earth, he decided, okay, I want you guys to remember me by sharing a meal. There's something really special about slowing down, stopping, and eating with the people you love. Yeah, yeah, sure. Look, I, I can totally relate to that. I, I enjoy, you know, long, leisurely conversations with people. I certainly love eating together. But I guess some of us are, are more introverted, you know, and the idea of, you know, being in a room with a whole bunch of people babbling away is sort of our worst nightmare. <laughs> um, so for, 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 for other people, I imagine it might be as simple as, you know, going for a walk in a, you know, in a forested area or, or next to a lake, you know, somewhere quiet, somewhere where you can just sit and listen to the, you know, to the wind in the trees or the, or, or the water, you know, going, going down the creek. And that surely is, would be a, a good thing to do on Sabbath. Absolutely. I mean, I'm, I'm an extrovert, but I also love nature. And I think having the opportunity to just go for a walk or read a book, just sit down and read a book, is, it's wonderful. And it's one of the privileges of Sabbath. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, journaling. I mean, there's there's all sorts of ways that, that we can rest. Or actually just having a siesta. I mean, why not? <laughs> <laughs> uh, hey, thank you so much, uh, Vanessa Pizzuto, for, uh, for writing uh, your article for us in, uh, in Signs of the Times, the, the Jan-Feb issue. And thank you so much for being part of uh, Signs Radio today. My absolute pleasure. Thank you for inviting me, Kent. 
Today's episode was based on an article appearing in this month's Science of the Times magazine. A subscription is just $26 for 11 issues a year. To find out more, visit signsofthetimes.org.au. Signs of the Times has been published in Australia since 1886 and is proudly produced by Adventist Media. This is an Adventist Media podcast.